At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. That's right, you motherfuckers. It's Knife Talk. <laughs> podcast podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers. This is your vacation spot for all your stresses to go away. I'm Jeff Fader from Fader Dives. With me is Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts, and Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. Another week, guys. Another, Another week. week. Another week. First off, apologies for last week. I had to. I I was kicked off the uh, kicked off the podcast, and you two guys had to finish it. So yeah, apologies for that. Hey, you did a good job. I loved. I loved it. The, the best part about the the ending of last week was we said, "Ah, he's off jarring farts," and and then the <laughs> the voice goes a little bit slower, and he goes, "No, I wasn't jarring farts." I thought that was fucking perfect. <laughs> perfect. Uh, but yeah, we're back. We're back. And it's all good. All good. H- how was your week been then? Jeff, let's start with you. What's been uh, going on? It was good. It was good. Uh, I got a lot of stuff out the door within like, within an hour ago, which is great. It feels good. I have a lot. I have a, I'm going to be slammed through the spring, which is good. Sending out some new templates to the New Jersey Steel Baron to have some. We're going to do the next uh, uh Neptune Sunrise knife, and I'm excited about it. Going to get back in that offset serrated business, but a little bit different than what I normally do. So I've been that is around. so 2021. The offset serrated knife. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I brought this shit to the knife making community, you motherfuckers. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. So I, um, I'm psyched because it's a different style, and the serrations are going to be different. And it's going to be. I was talking to a brisket guy and. Bread knife and brisket knife are different serrations, so I've been going to do, do a little bit of that, and I was fooling around with different grinds and stuff like that. So that was really cool. But the funny part was, is uh, end of last year, I got we decided to do this whole Neptune Sunrise uh, Color Lab series, and then every you know few months or every few weeks, we're going to do a new knife, and we were, we figured it out, and then just so happened, uh, two weeks after our meeting where we kind of worked it all out, I got a call from Serendipity Magazine, which is this ne- uh, magazine from kind of Connecticut, Westchester, kind of hoity-toity. And they wanted to have me in as their best of 2022, which is really cool. And it just, it was like, it was so perfect. So I, I gave them the whole spiel and we had, and my buddy Nico came down to take photographs of the knife. And, and then they, we, luckily for me, I have a fucking brain trust with Tony Ayazzi and, and uh, Allison. And, and then they, we worked out the, the wording and then they changed it. So it came out, uh, it came out last week or something like that. And it, it looks great. Yeah, and the, the pictures fun, here, look great from what I saw. 
they, they did a great job. They actually sent us the rev- to review it so Tony could correct some things, which is great, as opposed to when I was in that fucking Westchester magazine. They called me George Fader, and then, they, you know, it's a bullshit, this bullshit rag. Serendipity did a great job. So the funny part is, I was excited because the pictures look great, and, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been great. The best part is I got the hard copy today, and I was flipping through it, and the picture looks great. But the better part is... Is and this is a Howard Stern thing. The executive producer of the Howard Stern, Gary Delabate, aka Baba Booey, is one of the contributors. So there's this big picture of Baba Booey in the front, and I was like, my wife was like, "Oh, the picture looks great." I'm like, "Who gives a shit about the pictures?" Baba Booey. I'm in the same magazine with Baba Booey. <laughs> so that was the best That's part funny. of today. You've made so. it. You've made it, Baba Booey. Uh, Howard Stern's balls. I'm with you, 100. <laughs> percent Fucking great. Well, I've find we're on our way to getting my shop operational again here. So the flooring has gone down. I've been welding up some um, stands for grinders and stuff this week. Um, so it's it's full steam ahead here at uh, Chop Towers, um, and it's Whoa. exciting. It's exciting. I'm getting tools back out to storage, and I'm loading everything back in. It's yeah, the the uh, the wheels of industry are starting to turn again, which is quite nice. Look at you! Look at you! You're doing some welding, huh? Some welding, yeah. Well, I say weld. I'm, yeah. It's, it's not good, but it, mm. it's functional weld. It's not pretty welding. It's functional. You're not dropping uh, dimes. You're not putting dimes. This isn't like hashtag weld porn. No, no, okay. no. <laughs> I'm spitting all over the place with uh, some really shitty old stick welder. But chicken scratch hemorrhoids. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's sticking. <laughs> it's doing the job. Yeah, girl. Burn it, burn it. <laughs> but in in fact, my my workshop is coming along better than the house. So if you can imagine this at the moment, literally the electric has just gone back on um, after being on and off all day with the electrician here doing his bits. And we've got everybody working sort of overtime crazy because we've got this deadline, obviously, with babies coming. So at 10 p.m., everybody's finished tonight, and they've all got – Friday night, and they've all worked till 10. They're all pulling out of the bag for us, you know. And um, so I'm now in what will be our living room, I've this, this laptop now is resting on a windowsill. I've got the the mixing board on the floor at my feet. I'm holding the mic stand because I've got nothing to clamp it on, like fucking Freddie Mercury here holding this <laughs> mic stand. It's ridiculous, <laughs> and it is freezing. But um, yeah, it's good that things are happening fast now. Things are coming together, and it's like, oh, yes, there's light at the end of this tunnel, which is very, very nice. That's great. So you think you'll be in soon, or? We've given ourselves a deadline of February the 14th, Valentine's Day, because that would be a year to the day that we bought the house. So we, it's, 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 it's stupid. We've given ourselves this arbitrary date. But, you know, you need to give yourself some sort of deadline. Right. So why not that day? So, so yeah, it's looking good. We, we certainly won't be finished, but we'll be in and comfortable um, by February the 14th. So, yeah, a month-ish and we'll be in. So it's all there good. You go. All good. There yeah. you go. Mareko, your week. What's been going on? Ooh, well, uh, the Patreon's been going good. I launched that a couple weeks back, and ye- well, not yesterday, but Wednesday, uh, we did the first Patreon uh, Q and A session. So it was there. There was probably about I don't, I can't remember the exact number, but you know, you you support at a certain level, you get to be part of the Q and A. I, I get to talk to you, basically troubleshoot your questions and issues that you're going up against right now. Um, we had a really good conversation. Uh, it was like a nice hour and a half chat and 
uh, the 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 biggest drag of the whole thing was, of course, doing it the very first time. We were trying to like do the live stream, and we scheduled scheduled it through YouTube, and then I couldn't get my computer to work, and then my wife couldn't get like I couldn't get my wife's computer to oh. work, and oh. I ended up having to do it through my phone, which ended up working. But holy fuck, just I was already stressed out because it was getting like starting a little bit late. And it ended up, it ended up only starting about ten minutes late, maybe fifteen. I can't remember. Um, but that was like bearing down on me so hard, and the fucking technology wasn't working, and it was driving me absolutely fucking crazy. Um, you got to get yourself you a new on. computer and some good Wi-Fi, man. Come on, it's <laughs> yeah. enough already. Because I know, I, know. I, I see me. your lines on here. I, you I see you're gonna crap out in a minute. Come on, man. Yeah, I can see it's got it's all red with an exclamation Dude, point. Yeah. Get some oh, of that geez. Patreon money. You got to get some of that Patreon money. And get yourself some Apple. You know what I'm saying? I think so. <laughs> some Apple. Might have to. Get some fucking Apple. So the Damascus so, but, uh, doctor was in session. That's 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 yeah, nice. exactly. That was basically it. Most of the conversation was around Damascus. We touched a little bit on like you know equipment and some other stuff, but it was mostly Damascus talk. Nice. Uh, and it went well. And so I'm looking forward to next week. I really need to figure out this streaming stuff because next week uh, I'm scheduling, uh, what is it, uh, Artisans of Steel. I'm starting an interview series called Artisans of Steel, and it's for the Patreon. Uh, and uh, it's actually taken a little bit of a page out of your book, Craig, with uh, how you kind of started Knife Talk. Hmm. Um and, and kind of what Jeff's doing, but talking to the people that I've featured in my calendar and kind of getting their backstories and trying to trying to put them under a little bit of pressure to, to give some special tips and uh, and hacks from from their from their process. Um, but just yeah, it, it should be good. And so, but I need to square this stuff away. I might have to hit you up later, Craig. Yes, <laughs> see yes. if you have any advice because I and it just it doesn't need to be anything special and fancy. It just needs to be basic. But I'm work. we're working yeah, on it. Yeah. yeah. Do you? Oh, yeah, yeah. If I can help, of course I will. Yeah. Yeah. Do you need help, like with the interview style, like how to get people to cry? Do you want any of that? <laughs> oh fuck off, Jeff. Because <laughs> I, I mean, because I, I, I have some fucking tips, man. I have some tips. So if you need some, okay, okay. If you need to have them cry, I'm your man. Are you, yeah. you want to give some tips right now, or you want to talk about it later? You got. I'll tell you what. You want to really want to know what you got to do, not to make them cry, okay. but you got to make them feel comfortable. And this you is have this to, is after okay. show bonus content. I'll fucking show. tell you exactly what you need to do to get a good interview out of someone. I'll tell you exactly what you need to do because half these flea bags are fucking fooling around. What you can't do is you can't say, tell us about yourself. That's some fucking bullshit, like deep day one bullshit, because they're going to give you the same horse shit they've said before a million times. Okay. That was you episode got it. one sure. to 20 of, of Knife Talk. You realize that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you learn, Jeff, though. Tell me all about yourself. For those who don't know, tell us all about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, it took a while to figure that out. But I mean, you stopped it. But you stopped I it. Stop. I, mean, you, I mean, it's because, you know, you started this and you, and you were everyone was nicking you. So uh, we gotta, we have to. Yeah, that's what the you gotta know it, and don't have questions in front of you. Kind of know what you're gonna go for, and then you end up getting yeah. them comfortable, and then they start to say stuff that they might not have said, and be How present. Does that make you feel. You gotta be present. You have to. That's the most important thing is you have to be present. If you have sure. a fucking sheet of questions, it sometimes you won't get the good stuff. 
Yeah. There you go. Sure, and sure. they make them cry. Is, that's 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 the goal. <laughs> you have to join that's my Patreon. You got to join my Patreon to, to fucking learn how secrets. <laughs> learn those secrets. <laughs> right, but let's uh, get... otherwise. Sorry, sorry, oh, Marekko, go say, on. Sorry, go on. No, you go. Other than that, I've just done some um, knife handle uh, finishing. I got some. I got it to the forge a little bit this week, which felt good. Um, so yeah, that's it. I just wanted to finish that up. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Of course. Yeah, of course. So, let's get to questions, because apparently we're not talking about knives enough for some people. So after this sponsor, we're going to answer some of your questions. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Okay. You want an Even Heat? Don't go to evenheat.com. Get yourself an even heat from Soul Ceramics. So if you go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, you can get yourself an even heat. And why wouldn't you? They're the best in the business. But you'd also get $75 off and free shipping in the US. So we'll drop that link in the description here, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hit up that link, get the Soul Ceramics, get your even heat, get your knives treated properly. Okay, first question from Gnarly Knife Company. Um, does anybody else get mold fuzz grown on the surface of their coffee etch? Coffee etch. It's got to be a humor echo. Uh, yes. I think not only have I also, but I think several people have. Uh, they get the coffee mold going. I think the key is to keep it um, contained with a lid and try to keep it cold. That will help keep it. It'll delay uh, that mold growing, but eventually that you know mold is just those spores and shits in the air all the time mm. um and so anytime you open it you're exposing it to that and eventually it will it, it will start blooming and doing its thing but honestly like if you're having it if you feel like you're not getting good finishes because there's mold on your coffee or something like that um just just make a new batch because honestly when it comes to the cost of materials a six dollar expense mm. for this instant coffee stuff is cheap yeah um but ways to fight it yeah like i said the best way i found is to keep it bottled up somehow some way with a lid and keep it cold in the fridge i have a fridge in my shop i've heard of other people doing things like adding um like vinegar or isopropyl alcohol to their um to their coffee mix but i don't know i haven't experimented with that that could work perfectly fine i i haven't experimented with it and i don't know how it might potentially affect the etch um so i actually i have a couple people who are doing kind of funky stuff like that and i might have to follow up with them and and see what they how they feel about doing that but mostly i've just if it the coffee starts getting funky i just throw it out and make a new batch yeah i mean we're talking coffee it's It's not gold dust this stuff is it? it's coffee how how (laughs) what sort of dilution are you using for the coffee then i mean you're using like full sort of 500 mil pots on a on a on per etch or uh you know i don't know what it's like in metric i know who cares for, um <laughs> cares about it's a cup of coffee <laughs> it's uh yeah so it's uh the dilution so i'm usually shooting for either a half gallon or two liters uh solution overall um and i'm i'm dumping a hole you know in in the u.s it's easy at whatever grocery stores near you to find a bottle of seven ounces of nescafe um that uh you can use you know usually you just use a a tablespoon or, or or two i i just dump that whole thing into that boiling 
vat of water. Um, so it's it's pretty high concentration. And if you're new to the podcast and you're wondering, is this coffee talk? No. What it is is when you're <laughs> etching Damascus after you etch it with the ferric chloride, which eats the carbon steel and leaves the high nickel steel alone, and you want to make a dark contrast where you darken the high carbon steel, you use this food-safe dilution of coffee, specific, Moreco and, and many other knife makers are using this very specific concentrated coffee etch, and that will darken the bla- the carbon steel, and, and it'll make high contrast between the high carbon and the high nickel, so that's just a side note. Making it pop, baby. Okay, who wants to take the next? Uh, I, I have to... So I have to step away real quick because there are more people coming into the shop and I need to try to figure out what I can do to help them get the fuck out of here. Just yell at them. <laughs> yell, just keep your back off. <laughs> fucking yell at them. I want to, we want to hear you yell at them. Remember when you had the guy, no, no, no. you had that guy working on the, <laughs> we had the guy the working electrical, at, yeah. yeah, that was awesome. With the sawzall. Why don't you yeah, why listen to you yell at somebody? No, no, no. I'm not yelling at these people. I'm just, I'm going to go try to talk to them them firmly. We want to hear how you help them. (laughs) Get off my land. Are you Uh, out of your fucking minds? (laughs) Go on, Jeff. You take the next one. And Mareko can um, throw throw people people with a strong arm. Oh, God. I really hope he just fucking lights them up. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) How great would that be? That's real podcast noise. Some real out of the box rubbernecking. You know about, you know about rubbernecking? Yes, yeah. That's one of the greatest expressions of all time. Is when you're on a highway and there's the traffic isn't from the fucking accident; it's from the fucking people rubbernecking. My dad used to fucking bitch about, "Oh, you rubberneckers!" Uh, (laughs) I'm hoping we can rubberneck some of some of his problems with whoever's outside. Okay, the next. It's an Elvis Elvis song, wasn't it? He he said rubbernecking. Um, I've never heard of that. There's an Elvis song. What do you? Yeah, there's a song called Rubbernecker. I don't think it's called rubbernecking, but he he mentioned rubbernecking in it, and that's how I know it. Anyway. Sure, I never heard. Yeah, you really think it's an Elvis fucking thing? Rubbernecking? (laughs) (laughs) I I promise you. I promise you. Go on, read the next one. All right, 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 okay, all right. This one comes from. Keep on track. This is knife talk. All about knives. Remember, none of this fucking personal life bullshit. (laughs) We got a we got a dilemma from a. I'm convinced it was a drunken person. We can talk about it later. Uh, Sean St. Peter's says, "Hey guys, I just learned about the pickling process." Where you use vinegar to remove the mill scale from bar stock or laser cut blanks. Have any of you used pickling and what are your thoughts? Thanks. Do you ever use vinegar? Not on steel. No, on onions, maybe. Um, I'd imagine it's a long process. You know, it's not, it's not an instant thing. So I just think I personally haven't. You know, there's other ways to do things like that, you know. You've never used vinegar for like as like a kind of like to... I, I years ago I put I put a carbon steel blade that I hand sanded in vinegar, and then it did it did it did it did it did it did etched it it did done etched it a little bit, but it made it more like a matte finish. Mm. And I have heard of people taking like their, uh, you know. To using vinegar to take off some of the some of the uh, excess scale, I have heard of that, but I mean, it's a long process, I believe. But I know that like a lot of hammer guys, hammer makers, use muriatic acid, and I have used muriatic acid before, and it's very similar to it's a similar it's like an it's the acidic uh, part of it's kind of like sandblasting, but it's like 
you know, it just takes all that mill scale off. I know a lot of guys off do the that. top layer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I've never used, I've never used, I've never said I'm going to give you some vinegar and just kind of pop the scale off. No. No, so no, not for me. I mean, I, I do very little with this mill scale anyway, so you know, I, I wouldn't. But um, Mareko, are you you're back? I'm back. Did you hear the question? The question is: Have you ever used vinegar as a as like a to remove mill scale? What do you know about pickling? Um, I have heard of people using vinegar to use uh, to like pickle the forge scale off of whatever material. Um, I, from what I understand, though, it is kind of an, like an overnight thing, or it takes a bit of time. Uh, it might go quicker with some heat. I have never really tried it myself. Um, I've been using phosphoric acid, so it's like that concrete and metal etch, like prep stuff you can get at Harbor or not Harbor, but Home Depot. It's like a little, uh, it's like a green, it's like a one gallon jug. It's like a green solution, but man, it, all it does, it only eats, eats the forge scale off. Hmm. It doesn't mess with the steel at all. And, uh, it, it takes like 24 hours, especially if it's a fresh etch. It might even take less time, but like I, I've started trying to time my Damascus bars. Like I was forging the other day and I tried to time it. So I was done with the day, done with it for the day. And then I put them in that acid and so the next day when I came back to clean them up, instead of doing a bunch of grinding on them and and maybe potentially removing a bunch of material uh, and messing with the pattern and all, uh, I just, I literally, it, it eats the forge scale and you can clean it off with just like a scrubby pad. Uh, huh. And so, yeah, it cleans it right and off. Is it, and so you, you have to use gloves when you're working with it. So muriatic acid is pretty, pretty caustic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and this is I, it might be a derivative of muriatic acid. I mean, it's, I guess it's phosphoric acid, technically. So, I don't know. Like, I've gotten it on my hands, and it didn't start eating my hands away. Or I just dipped my hands in my neutralizing baking soda water neutralizing bucket that I have right next to it, and there was no problem. I don't think you should do that anymore. I probably, I mean, ideally, I I usually wear gloves, and so I try to keep even ferric off of my hands as much as possible because it it also stains like crazy. Um, but yeah, that phosphoric acid, that concrete etch prep stuff is uh, is pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I want. <clears throat> Go ahead. Sorry, I was just saying if the, if this is mill scale from you know flat bar that you buy in that still has mill scale on it. Um, you can get yourself, you know, a, a relatively cheap surface grinder attachment and to take that, that off. And that, that's what I use um, from Broadback. But more about them later. Uh, go on, Jeff. What were you saying? I was just going to say that I once used a concrete, uh, a concrete like uh, polyurethane and that came with its own like uh, dissolving agent. And I was very young. Okay. And I started washing my hands off with the dissolving agent. And... I got a rash on my entire body. Like I looked like oh, I looked like I looked like it was just like dots. I thought it was like some sort of I mean it was it looked crazy. And and luckily it went away, but it made me much more sensitive. It made me very sensitive to, you know, that kind of shit. So I don't fuck with any of it, be honest with you. Like I Sure. Yeah, them days is over. Them days is over. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful with these different chemicals that we use in the steel because even even acetone, like if you expose yourself too much to acetone, you can get poisoning from that. Um, and so <clears throat> always try to wear gloves when, when you're working with any kind of chemicals, even as, as innocuous as they may seem, you know, mm. even baking soda, like a baking soda water solution. I find my hands get dry as fuck and all kinds of nasty. 
um, when, when I am, when I'm not wearing gloves and handling stuff that I've been dipping and neutralizing in the baking soda water. So yeah. there you go. Take safety tips, guys. Safety Stay tips. Safe, kids. Yeah. Tom Moss, um, big fan of the show. Um, he picked up three anvils in the past three months. Um, a hundred pound Fisher, a hundred and fifty pound is it Soda Force? Yeah, Soda Force. And then, a, then a week later, a two hundred and fifty seven pound. I assume Peter Wright. He's got Peter. Peter. There you go. You're a real blacksmith now. You're a real I blacksmith. Know you know I know about, about it. Peter Holy shit! You know all about <laughs> it. Fifty seven pounder. Um, and he said combined, it was less than one dollar fifty a pound. He says okay oh, shape, but have some edge damage and chips. Um, he said, I don't need four anvils, maybe two, but as much as I like old tools, should I should I sell these and buy a big new Texas fire supply double horn? Um, any benefit of an old anvil over a new one? You mm. can sell them for like $8 a pound, that's why. You know that's what? Wow. How dare you? How dare you, Jesse? <laughs> don't be part of that. Here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. I would get a hold of Chris Cash... Or I get a hold of Andrew Alexander and see if they want to do a trade. You know, bump, get all Ooh. four of them to somebody who That's actually sells move. anvils and says, I need something oh, better. You can repair them too, right? They'll fix them. They'll fix them and resell them. Yeah. Go to somebody that's like, I'll tell you one thing. I've, I say, I talk about Chris Cash all the time because he is a good friend. And I he's, think you love him. You want to kiss him. What the <laughs> friggity fuck is <laughs> that? Baby. Listen to me. You listen to me. It's, la- it's late on a Friday, okay? It's Apparently. Late. I think the workman left some wine for you or something like that. <laughs> But he actually is the most fair guy of all time. You know, he is. He is beautiful, man. I know. I never said it. What's what's going on with you? Give, I'm, what do you think? What do you think's going to happen here? He, I mean, I'm just telling you, he's a fair guy, and he's given uh, good deals to a lot of good people. And I would get a hold of him and say, "Hey, man, I got these things. What should I do with them?" Or find someone you trust is really what it comes down to. Or you know, if you want to fleece somebody, don't tell me about it because I, I, I get. Furious when I see some of the prices. I remember, mm-hmm. I remember I was at Baker Camp and a friend of ours was selling some anvils at a dumb price. And I said, I don't know what you think you're doing, but I don't like it at all. And I had actually, we kind of <laughs> gave this guy a real hard time about his prices. Like, what the fuck? So, listen, everybody, if you need an anvil, Tom Moss is the Tom Moss got four of them and you don't need them so get a hold of them if you want you you we're the we're, this is now the swap shop now we're selling animals I know for that's what I was just thinking he's just he brilliantly had us advertise his anvils he has for sale yeah, he did <laughs> good move Tom's yeah. the man listen everybody I want you to get a hold of Tom his number is nine one four two four three and I want some of the some 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 I want you to give him a call and say hey listen knife talk ten I'm gonna give you ten percent off them fucking anvils. <laughs> <laughs> but you know he does he does mention Texas Fire Supply having a double horn um and yeah if you're looking for an anvil from Texas Fire Supply you know Knife Talk 10 is going to work you're going to get 10% off and anything from Texas Fire Supply not just anvils and they do shit loads there so go take a look texasfiresupply.com um this question reminds me of this just this week I've been because we're getting the shop all sorted now and I, I need a few more um buffers I use buffers a lot and I'd like I got one I'd like to have you know maybe two or three who help a lot um so I'm looking on Facebook locally to see what's around and there's just lots and lots of, and I sent some to you Jeff to you for you to have a look didn't I I was furious I was furious within, all of them. within 2 hours of here I could have gone to pick up five anvils for free <laughs> 
you know, and the, these things oh. aren't huge. They would have been maybe you know hundred pounds or whatever they they may be. They're all um, French style, French style anvils. Mm. Yeah, and they're, they're selling for like seventy euros, a hundred euros. You know, and lots of them are just free, just you know, to come and take them away from me. So yeah, if if <laughs> it just goes to show around here, there's no shortage of used anvils. But um, well, it seems that in the you're US, opening a school, right? Well, it would make sense to, wouldn't it? I mean, I've I've done one lesson, so I'm ready. I'm ready yeah. to take classes. You should yeah. you should buy them. You <laughs> should have hammering. Hammering. You're crazy not to pick them up. You know, but you, I mean, what am I going to do? That's would be that's great the decorations. It would be great decorations at the very least. Mm, at the very <laughs> least, maybe. Yeah. At the very least, every you could have one that you could you know you could you can you get everyone angry is you could weld legs on them and have them as your bar stools. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's that a fucking would, that is that is a great idea. <laughs> Oh my God! The fucking bar stools. The fucking yeah. fear. The fucking fear. You know, it said said a picture to Alex Alex Paul to see what he has to say about it. <laughs> I got these great new bar stools. They're heavy as hell, but Jesus Christ, they they feel great on my ass. <laughs> Two hundred pound bar stools. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Oh, you'd be, you'd uh, the anger would be just like I can see people like screaming at their iPhones right now, listening to this. Yeah. He's, like, He's gonna fucking do it, isn't he? Now well, you, know, you I could, have I could, to do it. I could cut some glass on top and make like coffee tables at yeah. the top, and it's an artistic mm. sort of installation. You got the got heavy sure. anvil, then the light, and the of light, course, I mean, fucking the, art. The horns are going to be uncomfortable for your ass. You're going to have to cut the horns off. You have depends to depends how you sit right. on them. Yeah, you're going to have to cut all the horns off. You're going to have to cut the horns off. You're going to have wild legs on. Yeah, I mean, like get them like a nice seat put on them. That's perfect. Oh God, I think so. so many angry yeah. people. Oh, oh, just put God. a cushion on top. Yeah. That'll, that'll make them fuck, comfortable. Yeah, fuck a little it. cushion no, on just, top. Yeah, just cut them open, and then like, you can countersink something to hold the seats. It'll be great. <laughs> fuck you know. Piss everybody. Oh jeez, I'm yeah. already mad at myself for even suggesting it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who uh, Morocco? Do you want to take the next one? Yeah, next one is from Paul Mile Francois. Did I say that right? Sure. Paul yeah, Millet, Francois. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my family family gifted me a folder with a Damascus blade. Uh, I'm a I'm a knife enthusiast, but I don't really know how I should take care of it uh, after use. And and the maker didn't give a lot of information. Any tips? So any tips on taking care of Damascus? Mm, I mean, you've a got fo- a, a folder. Yeah, you got You got to consider it. Probably is a you know, carbon steel-based Damascus as opposed to sort of Dharma steel. Or if it is Dharma steel, congratulations, you've got a great family. Um, but it probably isn't, is it? Let's face it. So I, I, keeping it dry, keep it dry, maybe oil it occasionally, and you, you know, yeah. be good to go. Yeah, I think oil is going to be your friend. And you don't have to go crazy, you know, just like a, a drop or two uh, every once in a while, especially if you're, for whatever reason, touching the blade a lot or or cutting even just like apples and other fruits and stuff like that. Always try to keep it as dry as you can, uh, and if you have a little bit of oil handy, just yeah, like I said, a, a, a little oil, a couple drops of like chameleon oil or something like yeah. that, which is readily available. It could be um, Mr. Big Time. He'd get himself a free 200-pound anvil. He could sit there with his Damascus folder, just like <laughs> chopping apples with it, you know, and just yeah, like, this is how I do it. Yeah. This is how I do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, all these free anvils lying around. France is lousy with free anvils. You might as well just use that. Door stops. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest door, door stops. <laughs> no, you know, you use the hardy hole and you build a, a post or some sort of seat post that comes out of that to a bar 
stool seat. Uh-huh. So the anvils never leave the ground. They're just down on the floor the whole time. But that would still make them, I think, welding legs on them really fuck them up. I think that's <laughs> yeah. the way to go. Yeah, that's, that's the way right. to go. That's right. With yeah. a shitty stick welder. Yeah. yeah. Oh, with your <laughs> shitty, oh, with your shitty chicken shit welds. That'll be, be fucking all over them. Oh, oh my God. Right. Oh, my God. That is so perfect. So perfect. Oh, God. Um, so, so I think that the tip there is, isn't it? Keep it dry. Maybe oil it. Um, and you should be. I say throw in the, you know, throw it in your junk drawer like you're gonna do because I know how you are, you people. You're just gonna take it, throw it in your junk drawer, and forget about it. You know, I don't know. Solid advice there. Jeff. There you go. I'm gonna give shitty advice today. That's my. Job. Is, is that the advice you give to your customers yep, on a little, yep, a little printed yep, yep. card? You know that little that little <laughs> drawer you have with like the soy sauce packets and the and the ketchup packets. Just throw it in there. <laughs> you know, set it and forget it. There we go. Couple go. dust bunnies, get all dust bunnies in there, turn into a cocoon. Be great. Okay. I think I just realized his name's Paul em, uh, Emile, right? Emile. Do you think Francois, that's what it is? I think, yes, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I bet Paul. Sorry. Don't worry about it, Paul. Just you know, take care of that nice knife. And if we, if anyone sees it on eBay, you know where it, you know where it's from. Okay. <laughs> Jerdrum knives. Jerdrum knives says, "Hey guys." What are your best tips for getting a nice finish on the edge of your Kydex sheaths? Thanks for always putting up a good show. You hear that? Always putting up a good show. <laughs> always. Yeah. Always. Hmm. Nice finish on Kydex. Um, I struggle with this because I don't do much Kydex. Um, so the ones that I have done, I haven't been 100% happy with them. But I, I took advice from Jeff, and it's treat it almost like you're burnishing leather. You know when you burnish the edges of leather then, you, you, you basically use I mean, I was using a polishing wheel. Um, but, Jeff, I mean, what are you using? Because you use a lot of Kydex. The you? first time I started using Kydex, I saw a video with Walter Sorrels, your first guest, Craig. He and was. Episode one. Episode yeah. one with Walter Sorrels. And he was using a Dremel with one of those little buffing wheels. Now, what he did say is you got to be real careful because the faster it goes, the easier it is to melt. And then I was using that for a long time, and then I got a, a, a buffing wheel, and it just wasn't doing the best as it could be. And then I saw a video by Combat Abrasives, and it was our friend Andreas Kalani who was demonstrating what he does. And there's uh, a we- there are these buffing wheels from Combat. They're yellow, and they're specific, and they're tight. They're not. They're tight yellow. I don't know the, what the material is. And there, it's a it's a it's a stiffer buffing wheel, and you get this purple compound. And if you if you what I do is after I cut my kydex, I'll use I'll rough it out. I'll rough the profile out with a just a whatever belt I got on the you know whatever belt is you know I use an old belt, and then I'll drop it down to a two twenty belt, and then I'll finish it with an eight hundred belt. But a lot of times, because I don't want to hit, especially with that 800-bit belt, I don't want the seam to slap. I'll use it on the slack part, and I'll just slowly, slowly kind of clean up all the lines. And then I'll go over to the buffer with the yellow uh, the yellow buffing wheel with the purple compound. And it just makes it look awesome. It makes it look really, really awesome, shiny, nice. I also don't shine it. I shine it before I put the rivets in because that way it can kind of open it up 
and then I'll have it just seems to me I like it better that way and then to clean up the compound you don't want to use uh, acetone you want to use mineral spirits low odor mineral spirits mm-hmm. will will clean up your problems on your kydex without melting the kydex because everything else will melt it you don't want that mm-hmm. and then I'll clean that off of soap and water maybe a little Windex and then I'll put the rivets together Cool. There you so go. that yellow buffing wheel from Combat, we can get you a discount. You know we can. Do it. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. And 15? I thought it was 10%. 15%. There we go. Yeah. And then actually, they actually have good videos. And I know they sponsor a lot of guys. And I know that Andreas Kalani's done a lot of good videos. Andreas Kalani does a lot of good videos, but the, his Kydex video is very helpful to me. And when I got that that buffing wheel and the purple compound, it really saved the bacon in terms of a nice finish on the edges of your Kydex. Sure. Look, knife talk. Have guys. you? Yeah. Have you thought of using like paste wax or something to try to clean up um, the compound? Uh, just so you don't have to follow it up with anything, any other kind of clean. Because it sounds like you have to follow up the oil with um, some sort of cleaner to clean it off. But with the paste wax, I feel like the paste wax potentially could take it off, uh, but also could polish away and leave a nice but bright you finish. Get it, on but it wouldn't you have a lot of paste? Wa- wouldn't you have a lot of paste wax residue? Because I don't want it inside the uh, sheath. I see. So I guess is the oil getting inside? What the oil? Sheath or- I thought you just said that you use mineral spirits. Mineral spirits, yeah. Or oh, just to clean well, up. Isn't it kind of, yeah. mineral, mineral spirits kind of oily, isn't it? Um, I, I, I put a little bit on a rag, and that really kind of does it. I don't okay, really yeah. put a pile on it, and it kind hmm. of dissolves. It's not, okay. it's not oily. I don't find it to be oily. I got you. Okay. And then I soap and water wash it all off. But sometimes if you use compound on Kydex, it's really hard to get off with Windex. I usually try to use Windex to clean it but sometimes the windex isn't abrasive enough and then the the mineral spirits will do the trick but i don't find it to be oily but i do wash it out soap and water afterwards and till the point where you don't smell it at all okay okay jonathan griffiths asks is there a way to prevent patina on the handle portion of a full tang knife uh learning a lot from you guys thanks a lot um, so he's talking about that little that little strip you see in between the two scales on a handle um, that gets a patina because you know you got your hands are all over that and you have got oils in your hands and they can be wet and all the rest of it. So he's on about the patina there. Um, is there a way to prevent the patina? Um, what do you guys think? No. Mm, there you go. <laughs> Unless there's some sort of coating, protective coating on there, which I don't really know of any good protective coatings that you can put on after the handle is all assembled and everything. Um, I think unless Jeff's got something else, I, I think that you could get back in there and just clean it up with, um, I've actually, what was it? I, I was cleaning up my silverware. <laughs> this is going to sound ridiculous. I was cleaning up my silverware the other day with some Ooh, of that rubber brace. Silverware, eh? <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's nickel. It's uh, <laughs> silver-plated nickel. Uh, super fancy kind. Uh, anyways, it, it's this is stuff I picked up from like uh, antique stores and stuff, and I kind of collect. And I was using, I was talking about the rubberized abrasives the other day, and I was, I was like, oh, I wonder what this will do. And it brightened them right up. 
And I think the same thing would happen on um, on the tang of a knife. If for whatever reason it starts getting a patina or something like that, it cleans right off. Mm. Uh, it's so mildly abrasive. It leaves a really nice satin finish. Um, and and it should, yeah, it should take that patina right off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think patina is one of those things. You've got to learn to sort of go with it. Otherwise, you just drive yourself mad. Cause it's going to happen and you'll be chasing your tail. Um, so I just think, you know, just go with it, enjoy it. It's it's part of the the evolution of the knife. Yeah, so, um, that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm sick of the patina, to be honest with you. You really want to really, really want to know how I feel about it. I'm like, Ugh. I have knives, beautiful knives that I've gotten from friends, and they'll patina, and then all of a sudden something happens, and there's a spot of rust. I'm just like, motherfucker, bring them to the shop, load them up with some, clean them up, load them up with some axe wax, and I'm fucking tired of it hmm. so right okay yeah, again it, it comes down to care I suppose as well you want to you take care of your right, knives yeah. Jeff I gotta take care of them I know. <laughs> Jesus you know what you could do you could use some um, Rhino Wet um, they do all sorts of grits but like a, like a 1200 just run that along the spine that's going to clean that up real easy and yeah. you know we can get it cheap from you if you go to Texas Flower Supply you can get that 10% off TexasFlowersupply.com. They sell Rhino Wet by Indasa in all the grits. And it's, you know, it's the sandpaper of choice for any um, <laughs> any knife maker worth his salt, shall we say. So make sure you get yourself some Rhino Wet and make sure you use that discount. Okay. I just got a stack yeah. of Rhino Wet. I, th- I think I choked their mail department because I, I got three boxes full of Rhino Wet. Oh, wow. oh. <clears throat> I got a lot of Rhino Wet. I, I got the I got the bat signal came bats. up. The bat signal came up uh, 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 December twenty sixth. Spend some money because I don't. We don't want to pay the <laughs> excess tax, the, the gains taxes. <laughs> so I bought a pile of stuff. Got some Texas. We got some Rhino Wet. Ooh, nice. what other kind of fancy stuff did you buy? I bought a shit ton of G10. I bought Corby bolts, Corby bolts to drown. Enough Corby bolts, you put them in your pocket to drown you. <laughs> I, mean, I got enough of them. <laughs> I got to, I got a steel. I got all sorts of shit. I, I spent some money. I, I say again. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's right, baby. Yeah, you spend money to make money, ladies and germs. Never forget. Okay. Never forget. We do want to give away, you know, too many knife tips here, surely. So do we have any dilemmas or anything? We do. We have lots of dilemmas. I have to find them, though. Um, tough scenarios. Um, yeah, so if you want to send us a message on Instagram, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, send us messages. Tough scenarios, dilemmas. Uh, actually, we I, when I put this line out, I got reached out. This is all jokes aside. I got reached out by uh, Keelan underscore Pedersen. Underscore knives who listen to the podcast. He actually just don't, don't say I got reached out either because that just sounds. Uh, get ready to feel bad. Get ready to feel bad. Oh right, Craig. Okay. Don't okay. fucking edit this part out either because this is going to be really <laughs> embarrassing for you. He just had a fire and he lost everything. How 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 does oh, that geez. feel? How does that make you feel, Craig? Now this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is how you make someone cry. <laughs> so actually, he did he did reach out. He's a he's 
listens to the show and he had a fire that destroyed everything. And he actually, if you go to oh, Keelan underscore Pedersen underscore knives, there's a GoFundMe and then people are kind of rallying behind him. And, you know, he and his, his girlfriend or his, his partner are uh, trying to get their lives together in, in Colorado. We're sending our love. But he, he sent me a message. So he said, you want a tough, you want a tough dilemma? Uh, every, everything I own just got burned to the ground. How's that for oh. a tough dilemma? And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, man. So we're sending all of our best regards to Keelan, except for Craig. Craig thinks it's funny. He thinks <laughs> Craig, not think it's Craig funny. thinks it's funny. I think it's everybody's worst. <laughs> no, nightmare. no, I think no. It's, it's okay. That thing when you when you you know you close down your shop, you turn the light off, yeah. you close the door. You, oh, that's always on your mind. You know, is that on? It was a wildfire thing, I guess. So oh, like he, he his house, his shop, the cars, the everything. Mm. So oh. so it's not funny, Craig. You know, I know you're trying to be funny, and, and now this makes me funny. This makes me. Th- I think it's funny that you are. You said something awful, so congratulations. You've made me happy. We're not happy till you're not happy. No, seriously. Uh, watch me bring it back. Seriously, uh, just go help out uh, Keelan. Get on his GoFundMe. We're a community. He's a good dude, and and um, we're with you. There is. On the other side of this, before we get into tough scenarios, I know we, you know, last week we were talking about jarring farts. There are certain stories that have short legs, and there is blacksmithing in the news. If you guys want to hear a little blacksmithing in the news, I'm all over the blacksmithing. Let's okay. do it. Well, you know who Conor McGregor is? Yeah. Yeah, he's that Irish. Yeah, yeah. He's a, Conor McGregor has a bar. That he does that fake boxing stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Fakes. You got we got some <laughs> listeners on this podcast who just does that. <laughs> don't worry about that. So Con- don't tell Ona. Conor yeah. McGregor's bar was uh, attacked by uh, Conor McGregor's Dublin bar, the Black Forge Inn. This is why it's blacksmith news because he has a bar called the Black Forge Inn. Was reportedly attacked on Wednesday night by assailants who threw petrol bombs at the premises. Police say there are also two pipe two pipe bombs outside the uh, bar's entrance. Um, the TMZ were told that uh, Conor McGregor uh, was not at the location. Um, no one was impacted, said the spokesman. The pub was open and busy as always. Irish authorities confirmed that the incident did take place, and they're considering attempted criminal damage. That's a stretch as knife news, to be fair. No, no blacksmithing news. The blacksmithing news. <laughs> we don't want to get blacksmithing news. This is like real blacks. Black, the Black Forge Inn was attacked. And I think we should rally around our blacksmithing friends over in, at, at, with Con- Conor McGregor's place and just, you know, send him, send him some nice regards. God, he's got plenty of money. He can handle that. What I want to know is how do you spell Keelan's name exactly? Because I just tried Google or all right. Instagram searching him three different times, and I could not find him. And if I can't find him, how am I going to support him? He, 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 K E. Come on, man. K L K E L L A N underscore P E T T E R S O N underscore knives. Got it. All right. Got him. All right. So, you know, bad news all the way around. So, with that. That's with that said, no, 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 no. We're, we're everything's fine. Uh, Keelan's the man. Listens to the podcast. I'm joking, but we are with you 100. Um, percent 
All right, so here we are with uh, here we are with uh, tough scenarios. Uh, last week we had uh, E Luck, E Luke. He sent me a message saying it's E Luke. E Luke knives said he had made a knife for a customer, and they complained. You guys remember that he made a customer knife, and then he put the initials in it, and the guy liked it, and he liked it, and he liked it, and then he bitched about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we were correct. So he writes, "Thanks for doing my dilemma on the podcast today, guys. In the end, I figured the same thing. He was trying to get it cheaper." than he agreed upon. Once I said I'll be forfeiting the deposit for the extra work to remove the initials, he uh, and he'd be bumped to the bottom of the wait list, they agreed to take the knife and go figure, once they got the knife, they were blown away. So happy with it. Got to be careful. We go. A lot of weasels out there. So yeah, so this guy, you know, you listen to last week's episode, we were right. Nice. Okay, nice. okay. Uh, here's an anonymous dilemma. Anonymous dilemma. I have a dilemma. It's been over two years since I've been in a relationship. And at this point, my friends and family won't stop asking about it. Oh, wait. It's been over two years since I've been in a relationship. Okay, my bad. He's not in a relationship. It's been over two years since I've been in a relationship. And at this point, my friends and family won't stop asking me about it. My parents keep trying to set me up with their friends' kids, and it's weird. The biggest reason I'm reason why I'm not in a relationship is because I don't really have the time commitment to be taking away from my training and at the time and in the time of my shop. So, a, how do I get my parents, family, and friends to stop setting me up with people that I'm not remotely attracted to? And two, how do I find um, fi- how do I find time to work in a relationship because I'd really like to? So he he's tired of people trying to set him up. And he wants to know how we should we would handle the situation. He's dedicated. He's dedicated to his work and I to know. his training. Well, or his, you know. Hmm. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, it sounds as if he doesn't want a relationship, really. You know, if he mm. did, he'd, you know, it, it just So what do you tell your evil. parents? What do you tell your parents? Knock it off? How do you get it across? Yeah. Because they don't listen. Some of these parents don't tell, listen. Tell them to focus on their own shitty relationship. Wow. There you go. <laughs> yes, <laughs> mom and dad. Yeah, there you go. Let's not focus on my non-relationship. Let's talk about your awful relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a way to I, I, um, go ahead, but I have yeah. a way to stop it cold. Go on, then. You do it. Go on. If you're all right, call me up. Call me up and say that oh. you're my you're my mother or my you're my mother. You're going to call me up. Hello. Hey, Jeffrey. It's your mama. Hi, mom. How <laughs> how are you, mom? You sound okay. you all right? You don't sound right. <laughs> sound a little drunk. <laughs> I'm walking here. What are you doing? <laughs> what do you think? Oh, I didn't, mom. Like, I didn't know you were from Transylvania. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Listen, I met somebody today. She is perfect. Oh, he. I don't know what you're into. They are perfect for you. Oh, geez. absolutely perfect. So I've set you up. Um, come to mine tomorrow for breakfast. Um, they'll be there too, and um, I, I'll leave you to it then. All right, Mom, you got to not even it make off. up the spare bed just in case. Mom, you know? Mom, listen, Mom, oh, listen. You got to stop it. You got to stop setting me up. I'm begging you to stop setting me up. Or do you're my only son, and I want grandkids. I want grandkids. Listen, listen, Mom. I have to tell you, you've got to stop. You're driving me crazy. And here's what I'm telling you. 
if you don't see... It, wait, is this because of that weird porn I found in your bedroom <laughs> when you were young? <laughs> what are that you donkey t- stuff. Hey! Is, this, is that what this is about? Hey, why are you bringing that up now, Mom? That's an unfortunate. That's an unfortunate thing to do. But you're, 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 you're you got me flummoxed right now, and I had a... I knew we had to take you to see somebody. Once I found that stuff, we let it slide. I shouldn't have. Mom, <laughs> Mom, why do you always bring this stuff up? You're always belittling me, and now you're trying to set me up with people. And you're belittling me in my, in my childhood. You'd like her. She's got big ears, big teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Cracking pair of butters. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I had a whole idea, Mom. I had a whole idea to stop this thing, but now... So tell me more about her. She likes carrots. That's all I could say. <laughs> Cracking pair of udders. Fucking hell. Oh, jeez. Uh, well, you know. What, should, should I tell her nay? <laughs> <laughs> now this sounds more interesting, Mom. Uh, what, what, what's her name? <laughs> I'm done. I can't think. Of it. There's no more donkey jokes. Uh, it was, you, you fucking, you fucking took my whole thing away. But you're way better than what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was just gonna say, listen, you just tell your mother that if she doesn't knock it off, you're just gonna have it all, have it on with one of her friends. Oh, oh yes. You know, yes. it's just like, mom, yeah, listen, listen, work. listen. There's some some of your older friends. I'm into, and then that'll stop the whole thing. I actually, one, I had a, there was a couple of my mother's friends who were younger, and they were very attractive, and it was just mm. there was definitely like I'm not saying there was chemistry there, but like yeah, it could have been something could have happened if, if some Mrs. Robinson action could have been there could have been there have had some actually I told you like like a couple um, like a month or two ago that I went to this party and this older I went to this party and this woman was is wearing a leopard skin suit and this did I tell you guys about this jumpsuit? No, I was wearing my suit. I was wearing a suit. It was a, it was a leopard suit. It was a leopard print oh, suit. I've seen the pictures of you in that suit. And yeah, fucking yeah. and this older woman comes up to me. And she grabs my arm. Now I'm looking fucking. Th- I'm looking thin. I'm looking good. I got a whole look going on. And she says, "Where did you get this suit?" And this is an older woman. This is an older woman. This is not. I mean, she was attractive, but it was just like, I mean, we're not. Oh, e- even older than you. Okay, we get. We get right, exactly. She so she said. So brain. she said. Yeah. I said, "Ah, yeah, this whole thing, no big deal." <laughs> I start talking to my friend, and then she grabbed my arm to go dance because she was come dance with me, and I said, "I don't dance." And then, and then my friend said, "She that, that that cougar. She really wants you." And I called my wife up and I said, "I could have, I could have had some ass. I could have had some ass tonight. <laughs> you, you didn't come to this party. I could have had some ass." You called your wife up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I called my wife up to say I almost had some ass, or someone almost had some of my ass. She was just like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm the fucking back. I'm back in this thing, looking good, <laughs> looking good." So. so, so what are we telling? What are we telling? Um, who, where were we? I, oh, it's not a question, is it? What you are we telling? We're telling him. Just t- 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 you have to be. Just tell him to f- stop it. It's enough already. Mm. Nobody can. Nope. I don't want your. Don't set me up with your freaks. I mean, <laughs> that's what it's going to be. It's going to be some bullshit. You know, you uh, have. Uh, Tell her to fuck off. Tell your parents to fuck <laughs> there off. We go. There we go. We went around the bushes, but we got there yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, tell them to fuck off. All right, so that was anonymous. I hope we helped you with that one. Thank you, Craig, for donkey talk. That was excellent. Um... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. 
by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. That was very good. Here comes from, this one comes from Wild Knives of Alaska. Wild Knives of Alaska. Here's a dilemma for you to sort out. A wife orders a chef knife for her husband. Then her husband wants to order the basically the same knife for his wife. Both want it to be a surprise for one another. And to make, just make, do you just make both exactly what they want and let them figure it out? Or maybe you suggest a different knife for them? What do you do? Because wow. you're fucked at the end. If you fucking, if they both opened up the same goddamn knife, they're going to be like, how could he make us, how could he not help us out in this situation? Yeah. He just took our fucking money. <laughs> you get the same goddamn knife. What are you going to do? Yeah, you can't tell one about it because... They know that they've got the geez, yeah. What do you do? Um, I think oh, I think you need to make two knives distinctly different. Um, and because you want to yeah. spoil it, somebody's gonna get spoiled, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. And and maybe, maybe after the day, you know, whether it's Christmas or a birthday, I assume Christmas because you wouldn't have the same birthday, um, maybe. Um, and then contact them, say, look, I didn't want to say anything previously, um, but if you want to send one of the knives back, you know, I can use it as a stock knife or whatever, you know, just maybe do it that way. Right. Make it in a way that you felt comfortable reselling it. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I've been in a situation like this where, and it's usually like, it would be hard. It's hard to get the same. I mean, you can try to figure out a way to make it both not exactly the same. I mean, it's, you know, you can try to push them in, you know, you could try to figure out a way to push them in. Well, they got the, this type of knife, maybe this type of knife would be better. You know, maybe there's a, maybe there's a, you got to use your fucking head. You got to do a little bit of yeah. fast talking. Sway like, them a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, otherwise when they both open it on Christmas, the same goddamn knife, they're going to call you up and they're going to say, you are a garbage human being. <laughs> 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 you just fucking took both our money not thinking anything was going to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have Kind Father Knives. Kind Father Knives. Uh, kind Father Knives says... Uh, when you use com, do you use combat grease sticks on shredder belts or not, or should I just keep it for cooking? I guess the Greek they have grease sticks for for belts. Combat has. Yeah, I use them. What do yeah, you use them they're for? They're good. They're good. Well, I, How I do say you use them. I'm not sure if it's the grease belt or whether it's like the cleansing belt or what. It's, well, it's basically like a, like a wax. Um, and what it tends to do is just clean off the belt again for me. Well, those are um, those are hmm. those are different. Those are for, those are different than grease sticks because I've used yeah, yeah, back in right, the day. Yeah. I've used I, we used to, when we were doing a lot of aluminum in a metal shop. We'd have hmm. to put grease on all of our everything, everything, everything. Otherwise, it would get wadded up. 
So I'm under the. I would imagine it's very similar if you were to use the grease sticks. And I don't know what why you what you would use them for. I would, it would be definitely for steel and not for wood. But I know that they use grease on belts for uh, aluminum, so it doesn't just like compact. Doesn't like you know get you know clog the whole belt up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I assume the grease stick, you're talking about that, it's almost sure. like a compound, you know, which I use, which cleans the belts a bit. But um, if it's mm. just grease, no, I've never used one. Right. Yeah, and I think Andreas has actually made a video uh, about the grease sticks and talking about how to use them and stuff. I haven't watched it, unfortunately. And I think the I have one, but I don't really <laughs> fully understand how to use it because the one time I was like, I'm going to try this grease stick out. I think it's supposed to help reduce friction and it's going to keep the belt from getting loaded up. And I put it on and that shit flung everywhere and got all over me and my mask and my knife. I was fucking crying. It was a, all over the walls in the shot. It was a mess. I was like, okay, I think I need to step, set that down for a second, and I'll come back to that later when I better understand how that's supposed to be used. And it's been about a year and a half now. I have another dilemma if you want it. Go for it. All right. yeah. This one comes from our friend WCS underscore BR Forge. That's Wesley. Wesley Crumb's a good dude. I have a dilemma for you guys. <clears throat> There's a local guy selling, quote, handmade knives out of D2 high-quality German steel. For $25 with a sheath. And yes, they look like $25 blades. I mean, I'm no, Moma, I'm no Moreco Momasi myself, but I feel like I make a pretty decent looking blade. I kind of want to invite the guy over to the shop and give him some pointers, uh, to his, uh, pointers to help his game out because he's selling them so cheap, he's kinda gi- he kind of gives homemade knives a bad rep. How do I tell him, hey, your stuff looks like shit. Come over and I'll help you out with, so, without sounding like an asshole. Uh, and do I even do that or just I let him keep on keeping on? But, um, because my market's really local and he's not hurting my business at all. What should I do? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Maybe that's his thing. That's his lane. He's found his lane and it works for the him. Shit, the shit lane. This is the shit lane. If he's, <laughs> if he's knocking out a bunch of them, you know, every day. Um, you know, he may be okay. And if he's just treating it purely just as a business, who knows? I doubt it very much that it's working for him, but who knows? I don't know. It can just be, I think, how would you word that? You know, it's, it's going to sound offensive either way, isn't it? I well, and I feel like somebody would have to be extremely, like, oblivious or under a rock to not recognize, like, the difference between their $25 knives and yeah. plenty of stuff that you can easily find either through Google image search or on Instagram. So my guess is probably pretty well aware of <laughs> that his knives are worth $25, which is why he prices them at $25. Yeah. Maybe he just doesn't know how to gain more skills. So if you want to develop maybe a, a mentor or some sort of friendship with the person and try to help them up their game, sure, that that sounds nice. But Mareko, I think you should call. Be interesting up, to figure out. You should call up Craig, <laughs> and you should Craig should be the guy selling the twenty five dollar knives, and you're going to help him out. Okay. <laughs> Hello, twenty five dollar knives, Aris. How can I help you? Hey, bud. How's it going? Hey, you know, I saw you at the market the other day. I was looking at your work, and I got to tell you, 
I would love to uh, set you up with my Patreon. <laughs> I got this great Patreon where we got a thriving community, many makers. Where, where uh, you know, how did get... you make that into an ad for yourself? <laughs> Jesus Christ! It was easy. I just you. Good word. You just fucking cold called you. I'm gonna, I'm fucking, uh, I want to talk about your extended warranty about your car. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! That was fucking slick, dude. I didn't see that coming at all. That was slick. That oh was slick. Jesus Christ! Uh, That's what you should do, Wesley. You should just say, "Hey, listen, I have this great idea. Join Breco's Patreon Breco's page." Patreon, yeah. Here's, you know, what the funny thing is. The funny thing is, is like he knows that they're twenty five dollars. He's probably going to say, "Who's going to say anything?" If I, if I don't care, they're twenty five dollars. Who's going to fucking say a word? So what? Yeah, the issue is if you're selling them for two hundred dollars. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just like the so. What you, what's the problem? The twenty five dollars. I, I could, you know, he could do mild steel, sharpen mild steel for twenty five dollars, and he'd be like, "Hey, listen, that's that's what you get for twenty five dollars." Yeah. Like he maybe he doesn't give a shit, Wesley. Yeah. Maybe he's just like, I don't want yeah. your Patreon. I'm on the twenty. I'm I'm the king of the twenty five dollar <laughs> knife market. Are you kidding me? If you Google twenty five dollar homemade it. knives, you're finding that guy. He, he's searchable, <laughs> and he's got yeah. the donkey girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, with the big teeth. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, let's do a few more questions. And if we've got a, any um, things, we can come back to them. Any dilemmas? Uh, Rob McKibben, um, question for you guys. In the past, Jeff has talked about bruising G10 when drilling holes in handle scales. And he says, how do you prevent that dreaded ring in G10 when drilling holes and doing glue-ups? It's brutal. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's particularly with some colors as well, isn't it? Like blues. It's, bad, it's not you know. just the colors. It's... Yes. With some of the colors, you can get it. I've actually, when I've been doing the dowels, the dowel systems for, mm. for my color lab, I'm screwing, I'm, I drill the holes with, uh, well, just to start off. So I'll drill my holes and I'll make sure that the holes are the exact diameter of the shank of the, of the uh, Corby countersink. So in this case, it's 7.30 seconds. I know everyone's like, what's 7.30 seconds? Don't worry about it. That's what it is. So you can get Corby bolt uh, countersinks with that with that squared off shoulder, and the shank is the you get the exact size of the shank. And then what happens is when you drill the hole with the drill bit, and then you switch out to the Corby bolt, it there's no room for it to like uh, go you know like wobble inside the hole. It's like exact or less, go less, because you want the shank to be steady. The other thing you want to do is you want to make sure that your metal material is, is, is down and it can't move. Like that's what happens. If it does any wobbling, that's what the bruising comes. Or if you decide that you want to rivet your, if you want to rivet your, if you have, if you're using brass pins and you want to rivet them over, that's what gets the bruising too. So yeah. I've cut down on the bruising completely by using the exact size uh, Corby bolt countersink. And then having the drill bit the exact size of the shank, and I can't, you don't don't count on, don't count on um, the companies. Go get yourself the Corby bolt, get yourself a sizing, and then get the right sized uh, drill bit. The other thing is, is like all drill bits, they wear away. So I get new countersink uh, drill bits for the Corbys 
often. It's not as bad for the wood, but for because the G10 is so f- uh, hard and fibrous, it does wear down the bit to the point where I yeah. can tell a new yeah. bit from an old bit. And all of a sudden, the, the cor- when the corbies start to be tight, when you're kind of tight, they don't, they don't go in nice, then all of a sudden you might want to get yourself a, a, the, the Corby step bit. And they're not cheap. The Corby step belts are like like 20 bucks a pop, but you know, yeah. it's just the way it is. And you won't get that bruising. Fair enough. There you go. Good answer. Thanks. Solid answer. Um, Morocco, do you want to take one? Yeah, this next one is from Owl Woodworks. Uh, he says... How do you deal with too much demand? Oh, this is a question for Craig, actually. Uh, Jack the price up, newsletter style sales, middleman retailer. I get one to two DMs a day for cutting board, though uh, I'm sure this applies to knife makers too. And there is no way I can genuinely respond to all these people or meet that kind of demand. I'm humbled and flattered, but overwhelmed. Hmm. Um, I'd, I'd say that's probably more for you, for you Morocco, as you know, as in too much demand. But um, yeah, I mean, I go through fits and spurts where I'm overloaded with work, or sometimes I'm overloaded with with life outside work, and that can slow me down, which you know, obviously creates that demand in in, in a different way. Um, and that's, I mean, that's the goal is everybody wants a steady stream, um, and I think everybody's. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Get that prostate I'm, I'm, I'm back a, to your a fibrous diet would I'm help. back to your <laughs> your username fits and what did you say fits and fits and spurts? That was your like your that was your like fits your Tinder sp- name. <laughs> really? Fits and, fits and spurts. That's what you said. I go to fits and spurts. I started laughing. Fits and spurts. That all steady stream and <laughs> fucking dick talk. Go uh, ahead. But yeah, I mean that is everybody's ideal, isn't it? Just having this this steady stream. Of, of customers so you can plan well and you know but in reality it doesn't work like that you're going to get certain times of the year when you get more orders or you know maybe you get a new model and you get you're overloaded with orders for that and you know so it's 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 difficult um but the newsletter which which you've you've mentioned there in the question is the dream it's it's brilliant i love it when i have something goes on a newsletter and it sells it doesn't even see the light of day it just it just goes um, and you, what you're doing there, you're creating the knife, you're selling it immediately. Um, you haven't got like a pre-order system going because the knife is there. The, you know, it's that, that that would be my ideal, just doing that going forward. Um, but unfortunately, you know, that's not the case. Um, yeah, I mean, Mareko, I mean, you're, you know, famously in demand. So how do you um, manage that? And This is when you, you know, I mean, is, is that where you want to be? Or is it, or is it if you've got plans to, you know, to... I wouldn't say cut demand, but, you know, it's, it's, it's figuring out how to manage it. And and I guess that's why I was, I was referring to both, uh, to you, Craig, but also I guess to Jeff too, both of you have, have used newsletters to your benefit in a big way that I'm only just starting to learn. I feel like, and, and it's, it creates a space, it creates a way to manage uh, that demand by just having a place to send people and then, um, you know, when work comes available, you put it up and boom, they're gone. Uh, the key, I think, is that you can't disappear, though. Like, you got to keep these people engaged somehow through your social media. Um, or maybe it's a regular newsletter that as you're building up projects and, and getting ready for a launch, you're, you're keeping them in the know so that when they become available, then they're available and people know and they can go get them if, they're, if they want them. But, yeah, I think, I think a newsletter is a great way. 
uh, to kind of manage things uh, when you get to a point of too much, kind of too much demand. Because yeah, you, you can't just keep adding people. Or I guess from my speaking from my own experience uh, and what I see in hindsight as a mistake of continuous because people would reach out to me and they say I want a custom knife. I'd be like, okay, great, and I kept building that list bigger and bigger and bigger and it got to a place that was extremely overwhelming that uh that i just couldn't take anymore and we we ended up changing things but um i I wish uh, a long time ago that we had stopped taking custom orders and started directing people to a newsletter where um i kind of balanced between making cups custom stuff and then doing a batch of whatever stuff and then putting that whatever that uh, the batch work up on, on a newsletter and then going back to, to, to custom stuff. Um, because I, I feel like that could be a good way for a lot of people, honestly, to create kind of like a, a decent workflow where you have your bread and butter that you know is going to sell and that has the most demand and you get that out there in big blocks and you got a burst of money or, or steady stream as Craig would say. Uh, and then you can take, then you can take breaks here and there to work on something that's a little either for your for yourself or a little bit uh, more time consuming um so i don't know i think the newsletter is a good route to go yeah what i love about newsletters is is you are in complete control so once you once you've captured those emails um when you send out your campaign or wherever it will be um you know that everybody's getting that you know you will get you you will get your report of you know bounce backs unopened and all that kind of stuff but i mean Mm -hmm. if you just only using social media you know you're going to be lucky if maybe 10 percent of your followers you know are actually seeing your content um right. email is just honestly people engage with it so much so much more um but you need to be careful with it you can't be one of these people who are sending you know four or five emails a week that kind of thing because people just Spammy. unsubscribe yeah. they don't need that in their life um but um yeah to me it it, it just makes perfect sense you're in complete control if in 10 years' time, people are still going to be using emails. There's no doubt about it. Whether st- people will still be using their, their Facebook accounts or whatever it is, sure. you know, who knows. Um, but, yeah, it's, well, I, it's sort of taking control of things yourself. I think that's what's quite important. Yeah, and I think you make a good point about visibility on social mil- media. Like, you you don't know how how many people are actually going to see stuff when you post. And, and then also... Um, how many of those people are going to be interested or ready to yeah. buy stuff versus and, the and they're in a sign- sea, they're in a sea of similar things as well. So, you know, if you post right. on social media and, you know, and these people are following, you know, knife makers or whatever it may be, you're just in a sea of other content of exactly the right. same kind of stuff. A newsletter, yeah. you get to sort of stand out and do it your own way. That's what I really like about it. Yeah. Yeah. And those people are basically telling you, yeah, I want to buy something. Let me know mm-hmm. and send me an email yep. versus a shot in the dark with the social media post. Yeah. How are you finding newsletters, Jeff? Because you start using them a bit more now, haven't you? I like them. I like them yeah. um, a lot. <clears throat> what the, the only thing I'd add to what you guys say is for Al Woodworks to say the fuck out of the DMs. The DMs is a dirty place to be for doing business. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ripe with tire kickers. And it's it's ripe <laughs> with fucking window shoppers. It's ripe with people who just want your attention. Get out of the DMs. That's what I would say. Get yourself a good website. You know. There we go. There we go. Okay, John Bra. Um, hey guys, got a question. What do you guys say is an appropriate spine thickness for a bush knife with a six to seven inch blade without being too thick? 
Appreciate the feedback. Mahalo. Um, spine thickness, bush knife, six to seven inch blade. Um, your, um, what, your, your, what the bull elks are they yes. called, Jeff? What, what thickness? Usually I'll ask them, you know, so it's your bull elk. <laughs> hey man, easy. They're like eighth, uh, eighth inch. I usually do eighth inch, but I mean, they're, they're, the blades themselves are only like four inches big they're, so they're, they're not really like big honkers i would you know i i would imagine that for like a lot of well, i mean i don't do bush knives i don't do like chopping things but i would think that if you're in that chopping situation i would think you know eighth and above maybe even three sixteenths sure i don't yeah. know i would agree too i mean honestly i wouldn't consider a six to seven inch knife a knife that's very handy for chopping either anyways so I think eighth inch would work great, um, but I think it it depends on how you're planning on using that knife. If you're planning on doing a lot of like batoning and splitting wood, using that, you're gonna want to have at least a sturdy enough spine that you can whack against. Um, so what are you laughing yeah. about? <laughs> you're so weird. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're so pathetic. All, all the innuendos are just piling up. Oh, and then and then we get drunk, and then we get these drunken messages. <laughs> I used to. I haven't listened to your podcast in a year because you guys talk too much politics and you talk too much. You talk too much pandemic. And, uh, bah, 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 bah. Come on, man. Uh, we're with you. If we Craig wants to talk about doing the Louisiana lip lock on, on Boris Johnson, I'm not going to stop him. He's a grown-ass man. <laughs> Louisiana lip lock. Yeah, what the hell is that? You know. Come on, man. Don't, don't, play, don't play coy. Don't play coy. <laughs> not a clue. Right. Let's do um, one more dilemma, and then maybe we could call it a day. Oh, well, I was having too much fun. Okay, uh, let's find another dilemma. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. These ones are good. These ones are good. Uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Fleetwood Knives has a tough dilemma for us. Here's, here's Here it is. It's the end of the world, and the world is about to get hit by an asteroid. Hit by an asteroid. Um, get Bruce Willis on the case. Option number one, you get hit in the face out. by the asteroid and die immediately with no pain. Or option two is you and your family survive to a thriving post-apocalyptic Eden. And you have to eat one baby, not your own, to get over that rough patch where everything collapses and there's not enough food. Would you prefer option one of instant death or two, eating, eating babies? Ugh. Oh, that's an easy answer. What freaks have we got listening to the show lately? Jesus. <laughs> asteroid um, to the face. Oh, asteroid yeah. to the face. Yeah, every time. I think, can you imagine that the world, you know, the world's bad enough now. Imagine if, it, you know, people are fighting for resources and all the rest of it. Asteroid to the face. Yeah. I have a, a faceroid to the ass. I, whoa, the, a faceroid <laughs> to the ass. Talk about the Louisiana <laughs> lip lock. I mean, come on, baby. Here's what uh, when my wife and I. When when uh, when Lila was on the way, and we wanted, we decided we're going to buy a house. We're not going to get sucked into the rental thing. We're going to get a house. We got pushed north and north and farther and farther north, and it was just because we couldn't afford anything where we were. And we found a town, city where we're at, and um, 
the one bad thing about this town is we're very close to uh, Indian Point, the nuclear facility. So a lot of people are saying, well, do you feel comfortable with the fact that you're like seven miles away from Indian Point? And my wife is the greatest. She goes, yeah, no problem. We'll go out like a light. Boop. That's it. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> I said, these motherfuckers. And she goes, she goes, these motherfuckers down in New York City are going to be like lingering zombies. I don't want that. Well, like a light, no problem. No dilemma whatsoever. Let's go. No problem. Out. That's what you want. That's what you want. Weirdly, we've been watching a lot of like end of the world movies the last couple of weeks, my wife and I, because we're in this rental and there's like, we don't get any TV reception here. They just got a bunch of old DVDs here that we're watching all the time. Oh, nice. And honestly, they're all like apocalyptic shit it's crazy <laughs> so it's, it's quite depressing but um it's like 28 uh, days later and all that kind of stuff and, yeah, yeah the day after tomorrow <laughs> yeah but i'm into it i'm loving it i'm, I'm really into it what's your top a- apocalypse movies Ooh, i'm gonna I'll, I'll let you think about it for a second because i'm gonna tell you when lila was very young for some reason i couldn't sleep and i was up at like three o'clock in the morning and there was no getting back to sleep so I was doing this three o'clock. I would go to sleep and then I wake up at three and I would do apocalypse marathon and I would watch these apocalyptic movies at like this ridiculously early time. And I loved it. Strong way to start. I loved it. I loved it. I loved, <laughs> I loved the uh, coffee. I loved I am legend. World. I am legend was awesome at three yes, o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what was that? Denzel Washington where he's the book of Eli. That was a really, that I was a banger. I just saw the new Mad Max. I thought that was fucking good. I yeah. love that shit. I'm into him. I'm into him. I'm into him too. Don't, don't look up is obviously oh, the, fuck the, the latest one, which I love, but I know you oh. weren't too keen. But um, <laughs> the road. Have you seen the road? No, I don't want to. Oh, I don't wow. want. That's a rough. One. I don't want. I don't want That's cannibalisms. It is rough. We saw that. There's. This week, I don't yeah. think there's any cannibalism. Oh, it's yeah. Giving the kid the gun and just saying you need to. You oh, I don't want to. I, I, I need like, like I need one. a little bit. I need a little bit more science. I need a little more science. I need a little bit more fakery. I don't need exact. Yeah, obviously <laughs> fake. Yeah, I need. Yeah. yeah, I need a little bit. I don't want it to be too true. I couldn't see the road. I was too afraid. Yeah. No, it's good. Speaking of which, Viggo um, Mortensen does a great job. Funny, funny enough, I was on the latest episode of the Full Blast podcast. I was talking about this uh, recipe that I was going to put on my reels, and I decided not to because I was I was like concerned about you know cultural appropriation and stuff like that. Pizzoli, pizzoli is a dynamite dish, and it's basically uh, chicken or pork or something like that, and and you stew it down with spices and chicken stock, and then you throw in a can of hominy, which is like you know this it's it's like it's like like a different type of corn. It's a thicker corn, more starchy. It's del- and it's delicious. And we and it's super easy to do and stuff like that. And we're talking about cultural appropriation. And I was like, well, maybe I should, maybe I should look into this recipe. I'm not Mexican, you know. Maybe I should look into this recipe. Turns out that it turns out that like the original recipe called for human meat as the as the, it was like long used, pig oh, yeah long pig right nice. it was like for human sacrifices <laughs> and they were like oh yeah we gotta wow. put something in the put, put something in the puzzle we gotta put something with the hominy oh, how about this leg so it was like the original <laughs> so so funny because i was like having this you know like real is this cultural appropriation and is this isn't the real you, you know you can't get a, a pizzoli recipe from martha stewart i'm just like eh, maybe it's not so bad maybe it's a, not a bad alternative to what it used to be so you know, I listened to your full blast today, and you mentioned, you know, a cultural appropriation in that slightly as well. 
And um, it just sparked a big conversation with my wife and I. So, yeah. So, thank you for such a good show. <sighs> it was my pleasure. Fine. Yeah. It was a good one. It was a good one. So, listen, we haven't told everybody about Broadback Grinders and how great they are. So, I mentioned that I use their Surface Grinder, um, which, you know, I... It fits any grinder. It, it's one of those. It's one of those arms, accessory arms that they do. So even if you don't have a broad back, they still make these amazing accessories that will probably fit your grinder because they're sort of a universal size. But they've got lots and lots of accessories. But you know, the main thing is their grinder, which is pretty pretty cool. Um, Morocco, tell them all about your <laughs> your deep pattern. Yeah, the deep P. Um, yeah, <laughs> if you, if you put in knife talk at checkout. You can upgrade automatically up to the Marco DP. So, uh, but yeah, just like Craig was saying, he he takes the broadback tool arms and, and uses them in, in different grinders. I've taken grinder tool arms f- from other machines and put them in the broadback. Uh, but th- the thing is designed to be like the Swiss Army knife of the shop because you can get like seven or eight different machines in one. So just stop fooling around, and it's a great value. They actually, you know, what was it? Uh, later, late in the year last year, they lowered all their prices to really make themselves very competitive uh, with other uh, grinder makers. And so, if you go to uh, broadbackironworks.com and and put in uh, knife talk, get yourself that deep P um, because it's going to really make a difference in the way that uh, you know the way that you sculpt handles and get and get your work done. There we go. And they're makers themselves as well. They know what they're doing. Trust right. them. You can trust them. Ah, do you think that's a show? Well, I mean... Do you think so? I mean, we have to talk about our <clears throat> our next week's guest. This is this is big news. Right. Because some of you are afraid that we don't talk enough knife stuff. We've heard you, but some of you are not allowed to listen. Too many complaints. You're banned from the show. He doesn't listen anymore anyway. We're good. All right. We're yeah, good. he doesn't listen. They all listen. They fucking all listen. I, listen, I make jokes. This guy, don't get into I know you know. I know you're listening. Don't get into my DMs. It's, it's all cool. I know you were drunk because I was talking to you <laughs> at maybe 5 o'clock in the morning in New York. I'm assuming you're on a different hemisphere. I figured you're drunk. So let's just keep it up with you being <laughs> drunk. Okay? I'm with you. Uh, so... So back by popular demand it. is Dr. Chris and his big titties. What? <laughs> not Dr. Chris wait, and his big wait, titties. Wait, no. We're not, having, we're not having... No, that was a terrible... No, 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 no. We're not having... The, that, that's a was, callback. All because right. They wait, solved, stop because everything. they solved the Zodiac killer? They, they solved the they killer, yeah. The, the case, Zodiac yeah. killer. Now you're making jokes about the Zodiac killer. This is, we had on Dr. What was his name? What was that? Dr. Chris something, wasn't yeah. it? I don't know. <laughs> that, that was Chris, the greatest yeah. of all time because Dr. Chris was... We were talking about the Zodiac killer and these two guys were quiet, but poor Craig had to keep his mouth shut because he had like his titties out. <laughs> he had his titties out drinking a, bit, <laughs> a fucking Slurpee a big or gulp. something like that. <laughs> he was, Sucking on the titties, <laughs> and it was like it looked like, like I mean, we don't get them over here, but I, I see him in films like a really cheap like motel, and he's like sitting on the bed. <laughs> you just saw it was the worst. Anyway, right. It's not Doctor Chris. Not. It's, it's the he, other. He doctor. was on the trail. He was chasing yeah. the Zodiac. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was on the trail. <laughs> the fucking trail. He was on the. He was on the gravy train. He wasn't on the trail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he listens. We're good. We're good. 
All right. So the real news is we're going to have Dr. Laren Thomas. He's going to be on the podcast and he's going to answer all your questions. So definitely send in questions for Dr. Laren. We'll talk about Magna Cut. We'll talk about his book. We'll talk about it and whatever he wants to talk about. And hopefully some of you guys have some good questions and some good dilemmas for Dr. Mm. Laren Thomas. You know, yeah, the hatred king. Do you think, Craig, that Dr. Laren Thomas knows anything about Damasteel? He probably does. I mean, he's got a book. He's got a book all about different steels and how to treat them. Um, but, you know, he knows his stuff. So, of course, he knows about the best sort of stainless Damascus that's out there, which is Damasteel. Um, and if you want to get some of the best stainless Damascus out there, you can go to um, damasteel.se. Um, once you sign up for an account, if you use Knife Talk, you'll get 10% off your order. And honestly, it's beautiful stuff. We're, we love it because um, we do that like the, the Chef Invitational with Darmasteel and stuff. We're big fans of that. They're a really good bunch of people there too. So yeah, go take a look. Darmasteel.se, some beautiful, beautiful patterns. And I'm sure Dr. Lara next week will tell us exactly how to heat treat. He them. might not. He was very cagey with like recipes, but I'm looking forward to hearing. I'm looking forward to talking with him. We had a good time with him the last time and, you know. Yeah. Do you think Damasteel's going to do that uh, Chef Knife Invitational again? They did it like every, uh, doing every six months, do you think? I th- they'd be fools not to. It was, yeah, it was good, good fun. Show. I think it was, it's, it's good for the industry too because everybody sort of gets together, we have a laugh and, you know, people get to show off their, their beautiful yeah. stuff. So, yeah, I think so. I think there so. you go. There, shall we call it a day? I think that was a good show. Okay. Thank you all for listening. We shall speak to you all again next week. Bye for now. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. <laughs> well, what's that new bit you want to do? The new bit. Okay, so we get um, lots of questions in, obviously, from people every week. And just on the bottom, tagging it, they all say, like, we love the show. You know, we, we listen to the show every week and all that kind of thing. And I was thinking we could make it a funny bit by trying to find the, um, the biggest fan of the show. You know, this may sound a bit douchey and come across it, but as long as we do it, you know, lightheartedly, maybe pretend to take it really seriously. It could be quite funny. Like, what's the derivation of why we say cuties? Where did that come from? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Who could have had a famous acting career? Who, you know, and just questions basically about the show. Um, I think we could could be real fun. So maybe we'll put up one sort of qualifying question on Instagram this week. Um, and if people give us the correct answer, they'll go into a draw, and we'll pick two, possibly three people, to come on to the show live and do a live one of our quizzes that we do regularly, which we have fun doing. We'll have three or two or three listeners, and the questions will be about the show. I think it could be fun. I like that we'll, idea. We'll come up with we'll come up with some sort of prize for the winner sure. as well. I'm sure. We what can, kind yeah. of prize? It could be what fun. Kind of prize. Remember last time oh, we yes. did prizes? I don't. I don't know if we <laughs> fucking well did today. a good job. <laughs> Didn't go down well. This is more admin. <laughs> we can speak to our sponsors. Maybe they can sort something out for us. We yeah. need like a t-shirt sponsor. I think. Pe- yeah. I was, it would be nice to do t-shirts again, wouldn't it? It but was the, such the, a huge pain in the ass. Shit involved with that. Yeah. The t-shirt game yeah. is the worst. Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. It's, it is legitimately the worst. You're just throwing money away. Yeah, it's nothing I want to be involved in. If we do T-shirts again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. We had good ones. We had good ones. We had nice designs. Yeah, but it was like messages like I bought a T-shirt like a year ago and it didn't arrive. Uh, And what people didn't realize, we were outsourced. We weren't doing it. You know, we weren't putting T-shirts in boxes and shipping them. It was you know a separate company doing all that for us. 
right. yeah, it just become an admin nightmare. So yeah, no more, no more. So what are you up to this week then, guys? What's the uh, what's what's that's happening? What are you up to, Mareko? I've been watching. What you've been doing? Yeah, I am looking forward to. Actually, I think today I'm gonna get this steel chopped back up and put back into the forge and do some more forge welding and get this material made for another order that's coming up. This is one of the last few custom orders I have uh, on the books. And then, um, and then this weekend, I think it's supposed to be really low key, which I definitely need because, um, yeah. Just because life and 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 all these new things with the Patreon and stuff and trying to work out technology, you realize that even though you can live stream through YouTube, they don't have any kind of way for you to like pull in somebody else and do kind of a side by side to do a live stream. You have to use some sort of third party service. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. It's so fucking I'm, stupid. I'm just like, this doesn't make sense. Would you consider doing like a Mareko Momasi Patreon Instagram page because then you could have it private. Then people have specific, mm. you know, you you bring in people, and then you could do the live streams, and then you can save the live yeah. streams. Right. The well, and there's obviously there's other places you can. Because um, all your all those like, people use you could also Instagram. do that on like Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of people are coming from Instagram for sure. Um, yeah, we're we're working. At, we actually we looked at restream, and in fact, we're doing a test this afternoon. So maybe I won't yeah. be forging Damascus. But I mean, restream um, is what we used when we used to do, you know, the live shows with the video and bringing people in and seeing the comments. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it, it, it can get you know it can be as difficult as you want it to be. I suppose you know. It, sure. It, it's one of those things. Yeah, yeah and that's what we, it looks like. It's got a lot of features, but also can just be very straightforward. And yeah. our biggest thing right now is just being able to just pull somebody in without it being a huge pain in the ass. Um, so I'm looking forward to uh, doing that test and then getting somebody in for the interview uh, next week. I'm, I'm talking to my buddy, Will Brigham, who is a badass stainless uh, Damascus forger and just awesome knife maker in general and good guy and super like scientifically minded, uh, even though he com- comes from like a ceramicist and, and master of fine arts. Uh, degree background <laughs> uh, he's an interesting cat but uh th- those are the biggest things I, I gotta do some forging i gotta get that uh, i gotta do this interview um but yeah things are going well with patreon and i'm appreciating and uh, yeah everybody's support it's been awesome very flattering cool cool well i am doing dust collection this weekend so <clears throat> i actually saw a post on I think it may have been like it was on Facebook. I think it may have been you know Brian does that um, DIY belt grinders thing. Um, for some reason, it flashed up that Nick Rossi had posted on there, and I'm weird because I'm, I'm not in that group and I don't follow Nick Rossi, but it must just make some connections somewhere. Um, and he had a picture of his dust collection system, how how he uses his. Um, and I'm I'm at the situation now where my shop is virtually empty, slowly bringing things in. It's just the perfect time to make it. So right. that's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. So yeah, lots of ducting. Um, sure. crawling around on my knees but um, it'll be worth it's one of those things it's better off doing it now you know sure. rather than later down the line when it's you know, everything just in the middle of it's it, like grown up Legos and, yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah um, and it, it looks oh, sorry it looks, Lego yeah pretty Lego exactly <laughs> it looks pretty effective the way, the way the way he uses his so you know if it's good enough for him you know I shall give it a go mm. nice and then what are we doing that Sunday we found right we've been 
I mean, we've been here for, you know, four, five years now, and obviously the babies, they, they're just turned three, but we haven't been able to find any sort of soft play place around here because we're in the middle of nowhere. There's, you know, there's nothing like that around. But um, in our nearest city, which is 40 minutes away, we found, like, the best soft play in the world we went to last week. Um, I had more fun than the kids. So, yeah, we've promised to take Oh, is that again. that uh, with all the trampoline stuff like a trampoline yeah they've got like a yeah. they've got like a trampoline park inside as well so right. it's the trampoline park and then there's all the soft play and huge you know slides and all the rest of it. it's it's fucking crazy they've got so under like this massive like trampoline park they've got like a, a motorbike um lane thing you know and kids you know if kids motorbike you put money in and then you know they go like bumper bikes um but okay. there's no it's typical france there's nobody man in it at all so like, and the parents don't give a fuck. They're drinking coffee in the cafe, you know. So you got these kids now. They're just like sure they walking around, being run over by these bikes that you know weigh a ton. It's just like blood and screaming and puke everywhere. Oh it's, just fucking, it's just like typical of France. They just do not give a fuck about health and safety. But uh, <clears throat> so yeah, so that's that's my weekend. We've given all the the contractors here sort of the weekend off because they've just been pulling out of the bag this week. They've been working late nights and so on. So mm. the house is having a, a rest for the weekend. Down tools. So yeah, can we bring up something that uh, in regards to the bumper cars thing that you were talking about, yeah. the kids that Mareko noticed oh, yeah. that brought it up to me that I feel like it's important for us to bring up to you that? there's a video of you well, I, riding the the, yeah, yeah. the car i'll set it up and then Mareka, you can finish it off you're 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 on the bumper car your darling child is in front of you and go ahead Mareko, finish it off yeah and then out of nowhere another child or a pair of kids speed up and go around you and as you're going around a curve and then i see craig do a double take and then his shoulders like hunker down like he's trying to go faster in the tiny ass little car and i said to jeff i think i think craig just got super competitive with like a three-year-old on a bumper car probably yeah yeah the issue was Wait. So there's a big sign there saying one child at a time on, you know, per bike. But, you know, my, my kids are too young to be, you know, doing that on their own. So I jumped on as well. So it, it was my weight. That's what mm. it was. But, yeah, of course I'm competitive. I'm not going to let some shitty ass kid beat me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this is? <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. You are, you, uh, are some, you are some piece of work. <laughs> so fucking piece of work, but he's right because you are super duper competitive, and, I'm, and all I can think of is like, you know what, Mark is right. Maybe he is maybe he is a little bit nut, nutty towards a three year old. You know, <laughs> this they need to this live. child will never they can't all they can't all be winners all there the time. Go. There you go. Some of them got to learn how to lose. Exactly. Next time you go there, make sure you bring some bean bags with you that you can throw at the other kids. While yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like Mario Kart, like oil behind me and shit. <laughs> yeah. Jeez yeah. <laughs> oh, Louise. <laughs> so. Jeff, what's the weekend doing for you? I got, I got some, <clears throat> I got some things I got to do around the house and some stuff with the family, which I'm looking forward to. When I'm preparing for, I have a lot of guests coming up on the Full Blast podcast. I got John Ariani Ooh. coming up next. I am going to be talking with Keith Mitchell. He's coming up. Uh, I have Lynn nice. Ray is going to be coming up. I'm getting Lynn Ray in wow. February with um, with one of the judges from Metal Shop Masters is going to be on the show. And uh, which at, whilst whilst before we go anywhere else, um, we were out um, last night because it was Amy's parents' anniversary, so we went to like the local bar. 
and they've just had this huge TV put up in the bar and uh, Forged in Fire came on on the TV oh, yeah? and it was all in French um, and I was like I wonder if this is the one that where Morocco's in um, but it wasn't <laughs> unfortunately um, but um, yeah I just thought it was quite funny that we're in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden this fucking show we have a lot of our listeners going that show Shout out to yeah. all you motherfuckers who have the balls to go on that show. I so we salute you. We salute you. We salute you. Yeah. <clears throat> and my record for giving people a day in the city uh, the, the, is high. It's a high. So if you are in <laughs> Connecticut and you something happens, didn't go your way, and you need a day in the city, I have the the tour package. Black market tour package. Just DM me. Yeah. No questions asked. I won't say a word. So Metro North is your friend. Metro North is your friend. Metro North is your friend. I've sent some people to some of the best pizza they've ever had in their lives. So yeah, so nice. we're gonna we're uh, yeah. So full blast is is kicking off, and the sponsors are, are are starting to kind of come in and come back, and got new stuff coming up, and it's very exciting. I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to talking hammers with John this coming week. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. You'll be happy to know as well that we did a Rolling Stones song in rehearsals. Which one? Well, I know. Um, I didn't even know the song. Um, Live with me. It's oh yeah. Called. It's yeah. It, it it sounds a bit like an ACDC song to be honest with you. Um, but um, don't you want to yeah, live with well. me? Yeah, yeah. It's from uh, Let It Bleed. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what it's from. I I'm, I'm not the biggest Stones fan. I've never really been into yeah. them. But uh, yeah, he's more of a Taylor Swift girl. Yeah, I am. Yeah, and I'm. You know, <laughs> you, you may mock, but I am pushing to, to put a Taylor Swift song in the set. But uh, yeah, hey, she got some good songs. She got, she got, she got tunes. I, I, girl, got tunes. There's some Rolling Stone songs that are so great. They're, they, they really kind of really affect me. Uh, they're very, you know, "Let It Loose" is one of those songs, and mm. there's some songs on. There. I would like to see a playlist from you because I I'll feel like you- I'm supposed to like the Stones. And I've never really liked this. You know, Stones. when we talk about. And maybe I think maybe I'm just listening to the wrong song. When we talk about the Rolling Stones, people reach out to me and say, you're right. And some people say, I don't get it. I will tell you if you just want to do two albums. I mean, I'll give you. I, I don't like playlists from the Stones. I would suggest albums. The number okay. one album is Exile on Main Street. It's flawless. It's Rolling Stone considers it one of the best albums of all time, and I would agree. I can listen to, I can listen to uh, Exile on Main Street all the time. There's never, and I'll listen to it the whole way through. I love it. But what are you, what are you saying on Main Street? <clears throat> Exile, Exile on Main Ex- Street. Exile. Exile on Main Street okay. is an awesome, is an awesome album. I would give, if I were to rate the Stones albums, I would go Exile on Main Street, Sticky Fingers, Let It Bleed, and then, you know, you know, you can do uh, Beggar's Banquet and all that stuff. But if you go Sticky Fingers number two is your second album to listen to. You go Exile, Sticky Fingers, Let It Bleed. A tattoo You is pretty good, too. Um, I would go albums. I don't go with playlists with the Stones. Okay. But if you do Exile and you do Sticky Fingers, you'll find something you like. That's for sure. Yeah, I'll give it a go this week too. Because yeah, like my record, I've just never just you can't so, get into I, it. At I, all. The I just, old shit, it doesn't. The old early stuff, like Under My Thumb. Under My Thumb is a good song, but like Ruby Tuesday and all that bullshit, I'm not interested in that either. Mm. But like, and I'm and I don't like uh, the I don't like Goat's Head Soup very much, and I don't like they did another like kind of like their knockoff of Sergeant Pepper's. I don't even remember, but. 
you go exile because that late 60s or that early 70s shit is fucking tight exile on main street sticky fingers will not let you down that one's for Jesse okay. Killian. Jesse Killian, uh, Marlboro, Marlboro's. He he loves the Stones. He he sends up. He's always happy when I bring up the Stones. <laughs> there we go. I'll tell you what else we did this week, which went down very very well. Um, I'm not biggest fan. Duran Duran, Hungry Like the Wolf. Is that a? It's a tune. Oh yeah, you know, of course, of course. You're doing that song. Oh, yeah. Tell us the new playlist of the of Uplift. What's um, Uplift playing these what days? Have we got what have we got? Uh, just a second. I got them here on my computer. So where the streets have oh, no that's name. Fucking YouTube. dynamite. Okay. Motorcycle emptiness. Manic Street. Oh, you probably don't no. know that. It's a Welsh band. Manic Street preachers. Um, Kings of Leon. Sex on fire. That's a good I'm not, one too. Not too keen. But they're they're good. I love it. It's a bang. How soon is now the Smiths? You know, yeah, of course. Not the Smiths of it. Yeah, yeah. Hungry like the wolf. That's Joanne a good Duran. one. That's a crowd pleaser. Town called Malice. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, what else we got? And Helter Skelter, the Beatles. That's going to be our big number to oh, finish with. Wow, wrong, Helter Skelter. Wow, so. that's a th- yeah, and it rips as well. It, it's it's a big one. Yeah, so, I can't yeah. think of that song off the top. Oh yeah, of Hel- this uh, is the, the song the, that Charles Manson yeah. said made him to t- kill. You know who did a great yeah. job with Helter Skelter's U two. U2 on the Rattle and Hum album the live album the live we, version, we were yeah. talking about U2 last night because we have a radio station that plays tons of 90s it's great it's a great mm. station and they play a lot of U2 and I said to my wife who she saw U2 before I said that's the yeah. one regret I have is I never saw U2 I would have loved to have seen U2 they're not dead still uh, I mean, not dead yet I mean, what are they going to do now I wanted, I wanted I wanted like I think Sunday Bloody Sunday might be my favorite U2 song Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Desire. Desire is good, too. Desire. Uh, and then Desire. Angel Harlem. Are you doing Angel Harlem? Which one are you no, doing? Streets I mean, Have No Name. Where the Streets Have No right. Name, yeah. Angel yeah. Harlem's good, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Rock and roll talk, eh? Will you do another episode of your uh, interview, your musical interview podcast? It's yeah. I'm hoping so. I yeah. It's it's one of those things where you want somebody who's sort of in the industry, who's involved in that album, you know. And it's just so how I knew this guy, and you know, it's one of my favorite albums, and it was you know everything sort of. It was worked. excellent. Um, yeah, but getting people to do that is is quite difficult because a lot of producers and stuff like that they don't they don't really want to take like limelight away from the right. artists, mm. and artists don't want to do it because like who the fuck are you kind of thing, you know. Um, you know, they could they could be speaking to Rolling Stone magazine instead. So it, it is really difficult. So it's not. It's hard. Know, it's hard to find. It's hard. So there's no sort of you know schedule on episodes. It's just you know when I can do when I'll do. Would you consider it. just yeah. talking to other musicians and talk about music and dissecting it? Because it was, when I ha- when I had Josh Radner on, he had written two albums, and I was listening to his music, and I wanted to talk to him as the artist about his decision making, and we came to some interesting conclusions. So I would think that if you just grabbed another musician that you you know think highly of, maybe talking about music together, but it doesn't have to be with the person. Like you could kind of come to some really interesting conclusions. Yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah, it could, it, again, it's fucking time and everything else. You know, there's a million things I'd like, like to be You doing, guys always so. talk about music. When are you going to talk about knives? <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell, let's call it a day because it's, it's midnight here. And, um, yeah, some of us got kids to get up to in the morning. Uh, we did have a scan today as well, by the way. Um, 
Our baby is fucking huge. <laughs> oh, wow. Stop so, the podcast right there. That's the best thing to end it up. Our baby, baby is, is fucking huge. <laughs> Big baby. So as an example, um, the baby today, so they, they do all these, like on a scan, they, you know, they, 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 they can take dimensions of everything so they can give you an approximate weight. And they, they're pretty accurate, apparently. Um, so at the moment, the baby weighs five and a half pounds. Um, but we still got eight weeks to go. So Molly, one of our twins, was less than five and a half pounds when born. And this baby's already bigger, and it's still eight weeks to go. It's fucking bumper. So they give you a um, percentile, you know, average weight and height compared to other kids. And it's in 97% percentile for height and weight. Yikes. And, like, I'm not not tall. Um, Amy is, you know, probably a bit taller than average, you know, for for a lady. But this kid is going to be fucking huge. (laughs) I was ten. Yeah. Hillary and I were both ten pounds when we were born. Wow! Holy smokes! And then uh, the then when I when uh, and then my mother would have said something along the lines of, "And you were a load back then t- too," something like that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I, heard, I was going to say something really. Go ahead. And I better not. <laughs> I better go not. ahead. <laughs> oh, I heard it on another podcast. I was going to say, "Oh, it must be like the top of a welly." <laughs> What is that? We leave it at that. Sake. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus H. Jesus H. Christ. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.